0: Thank you for tuning in to this special edition of the official podcast of Astronomical Society of Kansas City. In this episode, we have the honor and privilege of meeting Mimi Meredith, Senior Vice President of Communications and Chief Development Officer of the world-famous Cosmosphere, located in Hutchinson, Kansas. Since its humble beginnings in 1962, the Cosmosphere has been a destination for visitors from around the globe to experience a rich history of space exploration. And as our social director, Stanley Strecker learned in his conversation with Mimi, the future of space exploration is just as exciting as it is inspiring. Mimi, thank you so, so very much for taking the time to meet with us here today and your, your warm welcome and, and, and generous hospitality uh, here at the Cosmosphere. Um, it is an incredible and, and unique opportunity to be here today and to experience all that the Cosmosphere has to offer. Although it's certainly no secret that one may find it perhaps difficult or hard pressed, if you will, to really take it all in and soak it all in in just one day. Um, in fact, actually, having grown up here, uh, I must admit that I've really only been able to visit perhaps a handful of times uh, over the years. Uh, but I'm so thankful to have such vivid and wonderful memories of, of being here at the Cosmosphere, and I'm fairly confident that I, that I speak for millions of others uh, when I say that the, the excitement, the eagerness, the motivation, and most importantly, the, the inspiration to learn and explore further uh, that one carries in with them as they walk through the doors is, is really only surpassed by the unbelievable amount of excitement, eagerness, motivation, and inspiration that they carry with them uh, as they walk out those same very doors, um, just words cannot really describe all of it. So, um, so why don't you just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, share a little bit about your your background and experience in the industry, and how you originally got involved, and, and perhaps an overview of what it is you do here by by wearing the hats of both the senior vice president of communication and the chief development officer.
1: Well, um, as the title suggests, everything communication, if so, marketing, public relations, our volunteer program and our membership programs all fall under um, our departments and marketing and development and then all of the fundraising activities as well as special events. So we have a lot of fun day to day and i'm a member of the executive team so i get to help with strategic planning and things like that too which i love it's just a great team here and so in our team in particular we get to um, plan the events when the astronauts come in to visit and the sr 71 crew and all those things it's so it, for me i've been here um it'll be eight years in may and It's just been a fascinating place to work. I've had experiences I never would have anticipated earlier in my career. I've had the chance to meet Michael Collins and Jim Lovell and Fred Hayes and Charlie Duke and um, Harrison Schmidt and I could go on and on. And it's just to a lot of people who don't know anything about space, which we have to remember is the majority of people around us don't have a clue they know that we landed on the moon sure but they wouldn't know who any of those people are and in our household they're bigger than rock stars Of course. so, of course. so it means a lot to us so that's been very exciting and then to be a part of the cosmosphere as it, it it's always been known for just first class education programming and our summer camps in particular are outstanding but I would say I've never been prouder of any place I've ever worked. And I've worked some pretty neat places. But the Cosmosphere in the last few years has just made great strides in pulling in um, layers of meaning and relevance to its educational content that we've never had before.
0: Yeah, that is an incredible background. You were lying. Um, yeah. So, yeah, let's if we could talk about that. So where were you at before? And how did you get started
1: in this realm? Well, I've always been in some form of marketing, public relations or fundraising. And interestingly enough, we'd lived in Hutchinson for 13 years. We moved to Phoenix in 99. So I remember, um, I wasn't working at the Cosmosphere at the time, but I remember when the SR-71 came into town and the building was just literally built around it. And of course, I had the privilege of knowing Patty Carey, which I'm incredibly grateful for. She was an amazing woman, and she's the woman who founded the Cosmosphere, and then moved away for 12 years, and came back, and was actually a member of the board, um, and then this staff position opened, and it was just a combination of everything I love to do, so it just, uh-huh. I fell into the role, and it's been just been great and we've always aligned our camp content with next generation science standards Mm -hmm. as well as the content that we take into the classroom via outreach and those things but we've also aligned more closely with the state Department of Education with their career pathways program and so everything that we teach in some way exposes kids to a variety of careers. Certainly our emphasis is always going to be on STEM, sure, because sure. that's what it takes to, to get those rockets launched, quite literally. Yes. And we're very proud that so many of our um, former campers have gone on to have incredible jobs in uh, private industry, as well as working for NASA in roles at uh, Jet Propulsion Laboratory. We have two different Camp alumna who are now flight directors at Johnson Space Center, so uh, working for SpaceX, working for Blue Origin, working um, for a company—gosh, in Colorado, I cannot remember the name of it right now—and um, but they laser print the rocket mm-hmm. engines. Just okay. fascinating yeah. stuff. My so gosh, yeah. we we not only get to uh, brush up against. The heroes of spaceflight today and the past, but then we have these incredible experts in the field who are great friends to the cosmosphere and um, came through our camps, and the camps meant enough to them that they chose to pursue careers in those fields. So, and personally, I think our camps are better than ever now, and. I think that shows because uh we are at nearly forty percent full and that's oh, for twenty two the summer of twenty twenty two. Oh my. So that's speaks volumes. So yeah, I'd encourage anybody who's listening if they have anyone in their family who's a third grader to a twelfth grader to think about it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, tell I mean, tell us more about <laughs> that if you can. Yeah, I mean, sure. And and also you know, what more broadly what that is or more specifically what that is sorry and then also what challenges of course Uh you faced in the last two years or so with with the the pandemic and Mm -hmm. how that's affected things and what you've done to address that and overcome those challenges
1: sure well i will say that the the challenges of the pandemic hit um the industry as a whole hard there are some museums that are still not open and Sure. We we realize how very lucky we are to be in the Midwest, and um, simply because we don't have the concentrated population, right. so it's easier for us uh, to reopen. And we also uh, were able to phase in the opening. For instance, our simulator and our children's interactive areas didn't open for a year. Okay, yep. uh, so you know when you're a museum that's built around interactives mm-hmm. as some science centers are they're going to open more slowly and so we're lucky that we have this incredible artifact collection that tells our story ah, okay. And okay. so for listeners who don't know about us we have the largest com- combined collection of US and Soviet era space artifacts in the world Interesting. Okay. in it fact does. in the in last fact, yeah. um, two months I've heard some great stories of visitors from Russia who have come and expressed their envy over the Cosmosphere's collection because though they know the artifacts exist in their country, but they aren't on public display. Uh, okay. yeah. So it's very interesting yeah. that we can see a flown Vostok here. I don't know if you've gotten uh-huh. that. I know you're touring. I don't of know course, if you've yeah. gotten that far. I haven't yeah, no. yet. Oh. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm aware, aware that's it's I've yes, not seen it in my eyes. T- <laughs> yes. And then, um,
1: yeah, we have the You can compare the Vostok and then the Vashkod to a Mercury and a Gemini, because of course we have the Liberty Bell 7 here and the Gemini 10. We don't always have the Liberty Bell here. It's in the lobby because it comes and goes based on where it's going in the world. Sure. Um, And then we have the Apollo 13. Hello, yes. that's pretty awesome. Yes. So, yes. everything we do for uh, for camp and for our new virtual education program, um, which is part of launchnext.org, so you can go there and see Launch Learning, which takes um, very specific content lessons into the classroom it's for k-12 and it supports teachers in a variety of ways but we do live science demonstrations have content teacher guides hands-on learning experiments um all packaged together and ready basically to plug and play in a classroom and that often ties in either an artifact or a space history story so that it's relevant to kids. Absolutely. Kids can see suddenly that the math they're learning or this lesson that they just discovered in physics, it it was real and it went into part of the outcome of this mission in space. And here's a recent shuttle astronaut talking about what happens when a woodpecker decides to, I think that it was pecking on a um, solid rocket booster if I remember correctly but you know how does right. that impact things yeah. these things that yeah. we never would think about but we have connections to these wonderful individuals who are willing to talk to us about it yes. so it just to me that's kind of what sets us apart and what um, makes us a better education institution for sure absolutely and I'm so excited that we're taking that out virtually now and had it not been for the pandemic I'm not sure we would have developed that virtual program right. as quickly. Right. Um, right. We brought a lot up to speed as far as the Launch Next has four areas. It has Launch Wonder, which is accessible to anyone. Again, the address is next all one word, dot org. And you can go see our collection online. You can take virtual tours. You can look at the broadcast library and and watch Michael Collins visit about the Gemini 10 flight in front of the Gemini 10, and hmm. just incredible assets that we have that we're making available now online for the first time. And the pandemic taught us that we need to be able to be a part of people's experience of space history, even if they can't come here. Of course, And of course. So we're very grateful for that lesson. We're grateful, again, that we were able to reopen after just 67 days. Um, we did have a camp that first summer. It was a very uh, reduced capacity. We had just one month instead of two, but we still had a very successful camp. We had a very successful camp season last summer. And it looks like, as I said, we're on a trajectory to have a more successful camp season than ever this summer. Right. Um, we do outreaches in the Kansas City area. Our educators go up there and literally take the show on the road or groups of homeschool parents or private schools or public schools can take advantage of launchnext.org which has a component to it that has either outreach, um, live streaming, or uh, field trips involved. So you could take a field trip to the Cosmosphere as a culminating experience. So that's that on the education side and then you're asking what else is new?
0: Yeah, what's, what's up and coming?
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, you, you just were in the midst of it. We have three galleries that are just opening after having been remodeled. And just before the pandemic, and literally for two days, we had opened our brand new Cosmo Kids area, which is okay, an yeah. interactive play area for kids you know, about two and up. And really fun. And it how the kids get a little packet that... Helps the parents explain the physics and science of what they're doing that feels like play but has a learning element to it. Of course, of course. So it's all COVID safe. But that was all made available and then. That was hard to <laughs> <Right>. implement. <laughs> yes, yeah. well, and to say here, welcome, come on in. Oh, wait, true, no. <laughs> true, oh, we'll true. We'll see you after lockdown. Yes, um, yes. So it's really fun to see everybody coming back. It was a record summer for us. The summer of twenty twenty one. A lot of regional traffic, um, less international traffic. We usually have visitors from every, well, all fifty states. Mm-hmm. The, uh, US territories and then in 2019 for example we had 48 foreign countries wow Wow. yeah. Wow. So it always puzzles wow. me, and not not to um, bash any of my friends and listeners sure. in Kansas City, but when people say, "Oh, it's so far," I think seriously, yeah. people come from yeah. all around the globe to see the Cosmosphere because they know about its collection. This is very true. So it's really funny when true. when I hear people say, "Oh, a three-hour drive." Gosh, I don't know if I want to do that. So anyway, but we we certainly would welcome. Any um, anybody from Kansas City to call, and we'll help plan a trip or whatever they need absolutely. to do. well,
0: that's what we're here to do. That's this—we're taking the first step now. So yes, yes. <laughs> well,
1: we'd love it if your club would come and just have an experience. You could go to camp oh, absolutely. together.
0: Absolutely. You know, we'll plan if,
1: an adult camp for you over sure, the weekend.
0: Sure. Sure. In, in fact, uh, you mentioned—I mean—with COVID and mm-hmm. the pandemic and things like that, you know, changes in systems of processes of, of gatherings, essentially in. Mm-hmm how that affected education. It's interesting you said that because we experienced sort of a very similar thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when the lockdown occurred, we couldn't have our public nights the way oh, sure. we would normally have them at the Method observatory. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, it, anybody could walk in through the observatory, look through the telescope, and hang out in the building itself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that, of course, was no longer possible. Yes. So we, we we also had to get creative and nimble on our feet, and. Uh, created a virtual experience as well and added in fact added a couple other things that we could do virtually Mm -hmm. that perhaps we would have done you know five to ten years down the road but it accelerated that yes uh, instantly and we found that uh, our kind of pivot point was expand it expanded our education so much we had our record-breaking summer as well with our public nights by having just by simply having them outdoors and having it streamed Mm -hmm. um, live streamed from the uh, from the telescope itself so so yeah so we we found that educate we so many more children attending Uh Uh um, and yeah so our goal now is to expand upon our education as well because it it really opened up a lot of a lot of windows and doors that we perhaps just didn't see or just weren't available yet so now they are so that's great
1: yeah, well, we definitely should figure out some way to do something in collaboration because we have some great telescopes here, and our um, resident astronomer was uh, lucky, lucky enough to be accepted into a great doctorate program, so he's uh, he's okay. expanding his education. Okay. But, yeah, I think that that does sound like very parallel journeys for your group and our organization, and I think we all just know that you can either... Sit at home and curse the situation. Right. Where you can think, okay, what do we have that we know we can do? Right. And do well and do it in a new way. And for us, it's a new and better way because it's made everything, we've rethought everything we did. Absolutely. Because we had the time to do it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Whether or not we we wanted it. To take it apart completely. Yeah. And we (laughs) came through. you know, in, I will say, the fall of 2020, we didn't know if we'd be open after April of 21. Right, right, which right. was very, very scary. Right. But it's all worked out.
0: So of course, of grateful. course. And it, it seems as though it's sort of built excitement. So mm-hmm. when things are opening back up again, people are getting back out there, the excitement is... On a much higher elevated level than yes it, it, oh than yeah was because previously. people are so eager yes exactly. oh yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely um and also wanted to ask about um your experience here because mm-hmm. michael collins is my absolute hero so oh, this, this is too. yeah this is a personal <laughs> this, this is a personal question but it, it is one that must be asked yes. uh, tell me about your experience with michael collins because that that is incredible
1: mm-hmm. well i wish That I was smart enough to know every literary reference that he was making. Right. Um, You know, at one point he was talking about how he wished STEM education, when they wanted to add a vowel, he said they added A for arts. He said they should have added another E. Basically, he felt like we all needed to learn how to communicate more effectively. And he said engineers... Are brilliant and they just don't understand enough about um, English that was okay, the there you key. go okay sorry uh, to really communicate well and then he threw open his arms and started reciting the rhyme of the ancient mariner thought, oh, oh wow okay wow. and you know one of well his daughters are with him and they were both just the most gracious incredible people and uh, Kate and Anne, and they planted a question for him, because we took sure. questions from the audience, and i can 't remember which one said, "Oh, ask him this, Watch him get really fired up." And the question was, "What does it feel like to be a hero?" And he did get fired up. He said, "I am not a hero oh, you know and then that's when he as, as many of the Apollo era astronauts do talked about the 300, 400,000 sure. people it took. But I thought it was fun because he said when he came back from his uh, Gemini 10 trip, when he had the two uh, EVAs, he came back and he said, I hugged every woman. And he said, they just happened to all be women <laughs> on the glue pot line. Because okay. if they hadn't sealed my spacesuit properly, I would have died. Uh And he said, so their role was equally important, if not more important than mine. Of
0: course. Wow, okay.
1: And he just was very genuine. Um, He he wanted to make uh, paper airplanes with kids. He just wanted to talk to kids. And so he did. In fact, I still have a very interesting paper airplane that Michael Collins made while he was sitting in my office. I tell you, I have an amazing career. You're kidding. Anyway, and oh he's very, 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 or was very private. Um, and I appreciate the fact that he did let us into his world. Um, sure. Again, there are so many stories of the greatness of each of them. Uh, Fred Hayes is amazing. And the fact that my husband is someone who we would consider a space nerd okay <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> we affectionately call them <laughs> space geeks but he has been all of his life and so for him to get to meet some of these people is just incredible but he was in awe of the fact that I happened to have my phone out one day and a call came up that I'd missed and he said was that Fred Hayes's name no, on your phone I, I said it No way. She's like, I just don't believe your job. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Anyway, I am the luckiest woman alive in every conceivable way, but it is a great job. Uh, So, that was that Michael Collins story in a nutshell. Just obviously a very beautiful family and a beautiful man. Um, So, I feel very lucky to have been to meet him. Of course. And the same is true of all of them you know uh he was just unique in the things that he the extra things that he wanted to do here right and that he was still running five miles a day and (laughs) and could so easily get down on the ground and make paper airplanes with these kids and then wandered through and met a bunch of the kids who were at camp and uh, it happened to be a scout camp so with all the the scouts who were here. Wow. And then uh, one of our extreme camps was just returning from their camp and they got to get a picture with him. And I hope that each of those young people realizes right. who he was right, and what that meant. You know, and I thought it was fun. I don't think he said anything here that anybody else hadn't heard before, sure. but I did love when he said uh, in answer to an audience question, that he did not find uh, being alone in the spacecraft, and he's the mm-hmm. one who broke me of saying capsule. I never say capsule anymore. Okay. Said a capsule <laughs> is new. part of your prescription. Said these are spacecraft. I said, okay. Because yeah, I said we're enough. going to do this fair interview enough. in front of your capsule. He said it's not my capsule. said, so ah. Yikes. Anyway. Um, Very humble. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, he was. Oh. That, was it lonely on the dark side of the moon when he was in the spacecraft alone? And he said, absolutely not. It's the only place that I had any silence because mission control couldn't reach me there. Right, right. And I just think that's so interesting. Um, And the notes that he left inside the spacecraft. He just was a very thoughtful, thoughtful person.
0: So... Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely a personal hero. And... Yes. here to millions of course, with no doubt. Yes. Um, and then so who do you have on the schedule
1: coming? Upcoming? Up? Yeah. That, you know, that okay. you're excited for and everybody that, break out your, yeah, write this absolutely. down. So October 2nd we're looking at, um, the pilots and crews of the SR 71. We'll gather here. Um, SR 71s, not just ours that we sure. have. And then December 2nd is a Friday night. December 2nd is the 60th anniversary of our first planetarium show. So it's our 60th 60th. anniversary. And it's also the 50th anniversary in December of the last steps on the moon. Yes. So we're celebrating the first steps of the Cosmosphere and the last steps of Apollo with a gala on that evening. And committed so far are Charlie Duke, Jerry Griffin, Jerry Bostick, I believe Jack Lausma, Jim Lovell is coming you know but he always is so funny since the very first time I ever called him he's always said you know Mimi I'm and then he'll tell me however old he is at the time <laughs> right, right. that's a long way off for a guy my age and Fred Hayes will be coming um and we'll be making a big splash about his new book oh my. that's coming out yes. so I'm just really excited and, the, and Jeff Ashby uh I'm assuming Steve Holly will be coming I should never assume anything. But we have a lot, a lot of friends who just are. Again, we're so lucky that they are quick to respond to us and just say yes, absolutely, I'll be there because they love coming to the cosmos. Yeah, here.
0: so the, the, they'll be here. Yes, they'll be physically here. Yes, that's that. Yeah, that. Yeah, that is incredible. Yes. <laughs> to say <laughs> the very, very least. Yeah, absolutely. we're
1: really. I'm, I'm telling you, we've had some great events here, and like Jim Lovell said, he said I would like to come say. Uh, hello and goodbye to yeah. Apollo 13. Uh, Coffee at the Cosmo every other month, and that is available on Facebook Live and Zoom as well. And you can find all the information on the website at cosmo.org, but in January, it'll be about the James Webb. So I think yes. that would be a specific yes. interest to your group. Absolutely. And uh, then coming up, we're also going to have a special presentation in march uh with a gentleman who is uh expert on solar eclipses and the eclipse trip for 2024 mm-hmm. and our yep. own dr yep. Stephen holly will be one of the guest speakers on that trip and so yes. they're doing a little preview about that together that's
0: awesome yeah that's incredible so
1: we have if you that's just stick really cool. with us and watch our calendar of events and subscribe to our e-blasts yep uh, you'll learn all kinds of fun things yeah they so- go on here
0: we certainly hope you enjoyed hearing some of the amazing things that are going on at the Cosmosphere, which, as Mimi mentioned, is all taking place in just a short drive away for all of us here in the Kansas City area. For more information on the Cosmosphere's wide range of educational programs, special events, learning opportunities, and more that were mentioned throughout the interview, please visit the links listed below in the episode description. A sincere thank you goes out to all those who work, volunteer, and advocate for the Cosmosphere. A truly remarkable organization full of individuals who come together to produce a truly remarkable experience for all. And of course, we extend our gratitude to Mrs. Mimi Meredith herself for sharing just a few of her incredible experiences and for informing us about the many ways that we can all follow, stay up to date with, learn from, and support the Cosmosphere and their mission of inspiring innovation through science education and honoring the history of space exploration.